1: Today is Thursday, February 25th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 397 featuring the Boston Globe's Gary Washburn is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today and use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% bonus when you sign up. <music> Well, here we are, somewhat reluctantly, another new edition of Celtics beat after obviously uh, just to to say it has been tough to watch lately. When you have Mike Gorman calling out the team, who he will tell you, I mean, top of the homer list, when you have Mike Gorman, team play-by-play man, calling out the club, you know there's a problem. We're going to get to all of it. A lot to cover in the next little while here. I'm Adam Kaufman. Of course, you know Evan Valenti and Gary Washburn, long of the Boston Globe and a good friend of this program. Gary, how are you? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh bad, Gary. It's it's going bad. It's bad. This sucks. This is awful. It's not fun to watch. I I don't think I've ever said this. And I you know, Evan has listened to every episode of this show that I have ever hosted. I don't think I have ever in my life said this. I hate this team. I do. Not the Boston Celtics, this team. This team is borderline unwatchable right now. It is awful. Sub 500 as we know, 15 and 17, but you look back obviously, and we're not going to spend forever on specifically what happened last night in, you know, another loss to the Hawks, a mediocre club. And it's just added to one of many at this point, losses in games that not only, you know, should be won, but they're not even competitive in obviously it just to, to allow 41st quarter points to let Danilo Gallinari absolutely go off against you. This club, no heart, no emotion, no grit, no snarl, no effort, no competitiveness and i just i don't get it at a certain point everybody wants to blame brad and we'll get there as well but i i don't get it the lack of self-pride out there on the court
0: oh uh, you look for a comment on that um <laughs> i'm looking yeah. for an
1: answer but i can't
0: imagine yeah i don't long, i mean, i wish does. i i really wish i knew this, what to say every time you think it gets it's worse it was supposed to be the low point at washington After the loss of Detroit, then they lost at Washington, where they really didn't compete, in my opinion. And then they kind of, you know, uh, they were able to beat Denver, who was short five rotation players. People, yeah, that's a good win, but like half their reserves were out um, in that game. And then you lose to Atlanta, where you let Trey go for 40. And then you also let Capella. Uh, look like you know Moses Malone in there and go for I think he was like 24 and 15. then you come back and beat him. So you think everything is okay and then whatever happened in New Orleans happened and then Dallas and then this. So I mean' it's, right now, I mean they're just a, a confused bunch. I think that they have looked to management for maybe some support in terms of additional players. And that hasn't happened. I think these guys are getting frustrated seeing the same guys on the floor not trusting each other. Um, I think they've tuned out Brad, and I don't think that – I'm not – I'll just say, like, I'm not calling for his head. I'm not saying – like, they can easily tune him back in. But for right now, last night they tuned him out. I mean, Dillon Gallinari is 32 years old and can't move anymore. Like, he's, he's a shooter. You can't let him t- get 10 threes. Klay Thompson, a few years ago, it's against the Kings, and some of these guys would go nuts because they move off screens and they're athletic enough to get open. That's one thing. Gallinari, is, it, it's simply defensive mistakes, like doubling someone else, leaving him open, like or him, like, it, it's to the point of, like, it was embarrassing. And the Hawks were literally... Trey and Gallinard were literally trying to see who could hit the farthest three. This was like the second quarter. I mean, teams, as I asked Brad last night, teams don't care about your issues. They will try to embarrass you. Atlanta's looking to have fun. They they came off a tough loss at Cleveland where they probably should have won the game. So they're looking, they're having fun. And they're going to have fun at your expense unless you have a pride enough to stop them. This team has lacked pride, it's lacked fortitude, toughness, all of the intangibles that make good quality clubs. I don't know how you get that back. Oh, it's Marcus Smart. He's going to – like, stop that. Like, they should be better than that without Marcus. Like, the whole, like, Marcus is just going to be the key to – like, I'm tired of the injury excuse. Every team has injuries. Brooklyn has played the last six games without Durant. And they, they keep winning. Now they got other talent, but they also have guys like Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, guys who can make shots too. I think that's one of the problems of this organization. It's Danny's fault. Danny has one not admitted when they're wrong. I, this is I think it's a whole structural institutional issue with the Celtics. The Celtics have a have a Patriots problem. We think we know more than everyone else around the league. We are smarter than the other twenty nineteen. And they have held that philosophy for years, and it is burning them. Their talent evaluation is not good. They haven't made the right moves. They've had some terrible drafts. You want to you know want to blame? Blame the 16 draft after Jalen when they drafted Gershon and Ante, Ante Zizek. Blame that draft. They, they passed on uh, Pascal Siakam twice. Who's the talent evaluator there? Who in the world looked at Gershon and said that's an NBA player? (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's terrible mistakes. We can go to the James Young, Jawan Johnson. Like, Danny's had bad drafts. And I'm talking about – it's. and I'm not saying it's easy to take the top three because Phoenix took Josh Jackson and whiffed. There's been whiffs in the top five. What? And to land Jalen when people, people in Boston had never heard of him was a good like as a risky pick, but a good pick, obviously, because in this area people don't watch Pac-12. People have never heard of Jalen Brown, and the same with Tatum. Tatum skinny. He, he didn't do you know. He's okay at Duke, but like those are two great picks. You got to give Danny his awards and flowers for that. But the reason this team doesn't isn't good is because Danny will not refu- will refuse to admit that he's wrong on drafts. He will not make any roster moves. And Jalen and Jason are looking back like, man, can we get some help? If not, we're going to do this on our own. There's so many times you can pass the tights and he misses a jumper or misses a three. But so many times you can give the ball to guys who don't come through where you're eventually going to take it on your own. And you can call that selfish or you can just call it, hey, I trust myself over anybody. So the problem is, is that Jalen and Jason are looking and Jalen is biting his tongue during these media sessions, biting his tongue. Mm-hmm. with his unhappiness, okay? They all are trying to – okay, I'm just going to put it on myself and try to be better. Like, they need better teammates. They need a better bench. They need scores. They need shooters. The other night, Jalen Brunson, a former second-round pick. I'm not saying – okay, a lot of teams passed on him because he was too small. First of all, Villanova guys make good pros. I think we know that, right? The Celtics passed on Sadiq Bay for Aaron Sneesmith. I think they're going to regret that. Maybe they won't. But I think Sadiq Bey has more threes against the Celtics than Aaron Neesmith has this season, right? It's 14 (laughs) to something. I don't know how many Neesmiths have. It's probably close. Okay? And I'm not burning Neesmith. Neesmith might be be a good pro. But Jalen Brunson comes off the bench and scores 16 in the fourth quarter. It's does to have anyone capable of that on their bench. They don't have the support. It's Jalen and Jason every night, and they're trying too hard, and they're going hero ball, individual stuff. And so it's a lot this team has a lot of problems. Can they get out of it? Yeah, I mean, but look at their last four games, guys. Indiana, Washington, the Clippers, and Toronto before the break. You you, you name a win. Maybe Washington at all? Hope okay. So tomorrow is gonna be a war with the Pacers. There's not gonna be you think Sabonis is gonna be, okay, Celtics, so go ahead, win. We know you've been struggling. <laughs> Indiana's gonna try to cut their throats. So is Washington. And then the Clippers come in with Kawhi coming off, and, and they beat they beat them two weeks ago. And then the Raptors. This team could lose four more in a row. I think they'll win one or two, but yeah, their they're lives here on the line. They are literally playing themselves into the play-in tournament, if that.
1: There's a lot there, obviously, and a million different things that we could ask you about. We will in uh, in the time that we've got, but the I think you have to start with Danny Ainge, and you spent most of that time on Danny Ainge. The fact that I'm not calling for his job either. You know, I'm not calling for Brad's job. I'm not calling for anybody's job specifically. But when it comes to Danny, I think we're at a point And this is not some sort of, like, living in the moment the team's 15 and and 17. I think there's, you know, even in recent years where this team has, in fairness, gone to the conference final three out of the last four years, there has been an inability to get over the hump. You know what I mean? Like, even if they had gone to the finals last year, even if they had beaten Miami, we were talking about this last week, that's still not a club that was positioned to beat the Lakers, you know, barring LeBron getting hurt or something like that. There's still that gap in terms of overall talent level and the way that this roster is constructed, it's only obviously, you know, gotten worse. And people can point and fairly at Tatum Brown Walker smart playing a combined 28 minutes so far through 32 games this year, injuries, things like that. They come into play. Of course they do for every single team. Can you win in spite of it? Like you talked about. And at a certain point, and I think we're there and maybe we're past there at a certain point for Danny Gange, when you match up, you know, franchise expectation, the market that we're in, obviously one title in what, 35 years, haven't won one since 08. I'm not discounting the KG and, and Allen trades and, and rebuilding this team multiple times over, you know, in, in 07. And since then, obviously after Brad got here and, and, you know, a lot of great draft picks like you outlined, especially there at the top with Tatum and Brown and, you know, even some good finds along the way in the late teens and twenties, nevertheless, Danny doesn't care about feeling the, the ire of fans. He doesn't pay attention to that stuff. And he will, when he's doing his interviews, he will be the first to, you know, not run from criticism. He'll take it. He might defend it, but he'll take it. He'll listen to it. He'll, you know, he'll give a good interview but when you have such unwavering support that you do from ownership and Wicker, Wick Grossbeck was on the radio yesterday, like Danny and Brad, like these are our guys. They're not going anywhere. Brad was recently extended when you, when you have a job for life, which is more or less what it feels like for both of these guys. Despite the fact that Danny says he does, does he truly feel whatever urgency that needs to be felt to take this team to another place? Or does he know, I can run this thing the way I want to run it on um, the timeline that I want to run it because I am safe. I'm not going anywhere. Or, you know, kind of the part two of that is I know you've brought up, do they need some other voices in there around Danny Ainge that just aren't there?
0: It, what's, yeah, what that, is exactly. missing? I mean, the problem is you have the same hierarchy of Danny, his son, Austin and Mike Zarin and a couple of other guys, just is taking the same decisions you need a fresh voice. You need a better talent evaluator. Um, you know, there's just a lot that this team needs. Danny needs to open up the, the palette, his palate a little bit and start figuring out, okay, do I need an ex-player in management? Do I need, uh, Do what who do I need to make this organization better? You've got to do a self-assessment. You can't continue to think the same way is going to work because it's failing. Okay, it's not working. Your talent evaluation is not working. You're you're missing on guys. Adam, they gave away the 30th pick. You, you, have you seen Desmond Baines' numbers? It's good. He can oh, play. Ten points a game, 47% from the three-point line for the 30th pick. Or they could have taken uh, the other kid from Michigan State, the guy who was there like 20 years. He was Xavier like, Tillman. Yes. They could have taken him, Excellent. who literally – I think, played with the Flintstones in 2000 and just got out. I mean, he was there for a while, okay? That's a grown man. Like, you want a big, you want a quality big? Like, there's so many things to me that is just being ignored. And then you just give away a first-rounder for two second-rounders, which you're probably not going to use. Well, they could dabble those in future trades. You know, okay. Like, you know, I mean, when's the last time, oh, you throw in another second-round pick, and we're going to give you our superstar. Like, this is it's it's a joke. Kyrie you <laughs> you yeah, you don't want to like <laughs> admit, or you don't want to cut one of the guys on your roster to to accommodate another first round pick who might help you. If you want to go young, then go young. Use these first round picks. Make accurate talent assessments. Bring them in and develop them. Don't give away a first rounder, like just first two, because you don't want to, You don't want any more young guys. I mean, yeah. Do they need another young guy? Then, might maybe you get rid of one of the young guys on your roster? Or, hey, and I—all these are great guys. Carson Edwards, I like Tremont Waters. Talk, like, do something. You look at Brooklyn. Brooklyn signs guys and dumps them a week later. Like, Brooklyn is making moves. Well, what was the song? Making money moves. Same with the Lakers. <laughs> Lakers released Quinn Cook. Yep. Quinn Cook help them. Help them? Yes. But they—they they want to open up a roster spot for somebody. Then that's the goal. Hey Quinn, we you know you want a title with us. Hey, good, you know. Hey, you'll you'll, you'll be invited to the reunions, but dude, we got to you, you got to go right now. It's 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 a grown man business, grown woman business, and Danny doesn't want to make these tough decisions. You got to sometimes dump guys. You got to sometimes get to look at your rock. Well, what's he saying? Well, you know we don't have a like Danny. You built this roster. It's your fault. And if you have issues with talent evaluation, if you're not getting the most out of your drafts, then bring someone in, one of these hot shots, Mike Schmidt's guys, to help you. Because right now you're not getting the most out of your drafts. Like too many of the same players. You took Romeo Romeo Langford. You could have taken Brandon Clark. Who knows what to make of Romeo? When is Romeo going to really help this team? Next year at best, because he's going to come back. Do you think Brad's going to play him the minute he's healthy? He might come off the bench in the playoffs and give you a, a defensive possession or two. Like Romeo Lankford, and I don't like, you know, great kid. He's two years behind and physically he wasn't ready for the league. As we can see, some of these one and duns are physically ready. Like LaMelo ball was ready. Some of these guys are ready. Some of them physically aren't ready. Romeo probably should have gone back to Indiana, hit the weight room, got a little stronger because he's injury prone, and I think that has to do with probably his body isn't mature enough. But what do you expect from him? But meanwhile, you look at the other dra- other players in that draft who are taken after Romeo. They're helping their team. You could have Brandon Clark on your roster. I'm not saying Brandon Clark's a great player, but you are you're, you're whiffing on these mid first rounders. You whiffed on James Young. You whiffed on Zizek and Gershon. Romeo, the jury's still out. They have no depth.
1: They have no depth.
0: Yes, and and that's Danny's fault. And Danny's afraid to admit he's made mistakes and released these guys reluctantly. You release Gershon after guaranteeing his contract uh, a couple years. Like, they basically wait to the last minute to dump Gershon. And here's a sign here, guys. You threw Zizek into the... Kyrie trade,
2: yeah.
0: z six off the league, not one NBA team gave Gershon a sniff. Like that, that's the sign that some of these guys ain't ain't good. When no other team, James Young bounced around, G League got got some two ways, you know, whatever. Like never stuck either. So that's the failure of your talent evaluation. So, does Danny need to assess himself, his staff. Hey, Danny, stop surrounding yourself with your all your cronies. Yeah, we did it in 08. It's 13 years ago. The Sox have won two titles since then. The Patriots since 08, three Super Bowls? Too many. Right. To count. Huh? Yeah, Too three Super Bowls. Even the Bruins have won one and been to another cup. And so you're you're looking at like Danny should be, the pressure should be. I'm not talking about like I'm not calling for his job, but Danny definitely needs to do some self assessment, Adam. And Evan, and I don't know whether like your, your like your point, like where he's like, man, I ain't getting fired, so I will do this on my time. I'm not going to admit I'm wrong. I'm not going to like. I'm just going to keep on doing it. I'm just going to take my time with this uh, player exception. Hey, if the right deal comes, like if, if that's the method, then I. If I'm a Celtic fan, I am demoralized from that. If, if yeah, that's he- his approach. Speaking well, today, not, uh, he was speaking I'm today sorry, about dude, that no. how
2: they might kick the can down the road for, for the offseason because there might be better deals available then. And I, I mean, I get that point, but there has to be a sense of urgency. You know, back to your point. You know, you have two guys in Jalen and Jason who have shown you that they are ready for the next step, right? We've we've been watching this team for years, and, you know, it's it's been all fun to watch these two guys grow and grow their games, and, and, and accomplish a lot, and not a lot of time, right? You know, they go to the Eastern Conference Finals that first year together, and they've been back twice since, right? But it's, at some time, like, it's annoying getting to that spot and not be able to get past that. And these two guys are, are having all-star seasons. You can make the argument they're having all-NBA seasons, both of them. They've made significant improvements across their games. And, and, and they're just – and I'm with you on this. They're looking around saying, you know – they got the same guy, you know. All right, I know they wear different numbers, but Grant Williams and and Shemmy Ojale and Aaron Neesmith and all those guys do a lot of the same stuff. Okay, they do. They, they stand in the corner and they hit threes. Like Shemmy Ojale, if he puts the ball on the floor, you, you get nervous. Same with Grant. Same with same with Neesmith. And they just have a bunch of the same guy. And if and if yeah. all you're gonna do is stand in the corner and hit threes, like having one of those, having PJ Tucker on the floor is nice. When you have James Harden and Eric Gordon and other guys around him, you know, this team has identified the role player they want. They just have too many of them and they don't have, they don't have another guy like Kemba. If Kemba were to come down to earth and and, and regain the Kemba form we saw last year, then it solves some problems, but you can't bank on that because what you've seen so far. So you have Gorman yesterday, you know, Gary, he says, you know, Jalen and Jason, you know, they have their job at winning games. And I'm like you,
0: saying, what else do you want them to do yeah, who, other than what they're what doing? Teammate, so you what that? got involved? Like, oh, well, could should be doing more if you got more of an opportunity. Like, there's not one teammate, This, I mean, if you take away Kemba, that I feel like, hey, man, like, that dude could do a lot more if he got the chance. Like, I don't see that. Like, I don't know what Gorman – I don't – I think – that there is a level of like individuality with Jalen and Jason. Um, because one, they're the best two players of the team, two, stars have that type of mentality. But three, if you don't trust your teammates and you could repeatedly go to the to the, those guys and they don't come through, I mean, how many open threes? And I know Tice, I, I'm kind of hard on Tice. Like, Tice against the Pelicans, he played 39 minutes and that was like 37 too many. Like, he's fumbled passes he got dunked like he just it was just like why have him out there he's so, there's some games that tice is just useless he gets to, that, the foul to trouble, that point i'm sorry to back. cut you off
1: to that point like and, and this isn't even an anti-daniel tice thing i think there are plenty of games that he's good but if we're going to attack, you know, management, coaches, staff, in, in terms of a, all right, you got all these young kids. How about develop some of them beyond, you know, like they're they're working to develop. Obviously, you're, they're superstars, and Brown and Tatum, and obviously, you know, Peyton Pritchard is is ahead of the curve, looking like a draft steal. Some of these other guys are are sort of either behind or floundering in mediocrity. There have been enough signs for just to stay with the Bigs. Robert Williams should be playing twenty five minutes a game. I'm not saying he's got to start. I'd like him to get there. But he should be playing 25 minutes a game. And for some reason, even with this double big setup, we're not seeing it. And and you know, it just goes back to what you're talking about with Tice. Why are we not seeing it? If, if they're going to – this is not a contending team. Hopes to be. Maybe it gets on track. Right now it's not a contending team. Why aren't you at least embracing some element of let's develop the guys who could help us get there?
0: Well, I do think you're trying to win. And I don't know if they want to play Robert too much. Like, but because there's times he makes mistakes, but yeah, I mean. He's playing 15 minutes a game. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole, like, well, we want to save him for the playoffs and keep him fresh because he's injury prone. I and mean, he's 22 years old, 23 years old. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, unless they, unless the doctor said, hey, like, it's a wear and tear thing, like with the hip and things like that. less you know, they might have medical information we're not privy to. Um, if
1: that's the case, I hope they don't plan on re-signing him down the road. Yeah, can only yeah 15 I don't know minutes a game in the regular season in his lim- young twenties.
0: Minutes limitations for twenty-three-year-old players—that's very interesting. Um, I don't think tristan has been bad at all. Like people, people have been ripping the tristan signing. He's brought exactly what you expected. Offensive rebound—I think he's been better offensively than he has been in the last couple of years. I think he's gotten them extra possessions, but. And I think he's trying to take some more of the offensive role on knowing that the, the Jalen and Jason need help. I think he's been fine. Like I'm not, he's not one I'm like pointing to is like, man, that's a terrible signing, Danny. People are pointing out well, they shouldn't sign him to the full mid level. He's coming off a year. You made 18 million. Like, was he going to take five? That's an interesting topic. Could you have really negotiated down um, with, with Tristan? Um, I don't think that was a bad deal. I think Ty's. It just depends on if he's going to help you in a, in a, in a particular game or not. I just think Jalen, Jason are tired of passing him the ball, shimmy the ball, other guys the ball, and they're not hitting shots. Or it's a big pivotal moment where they could really turn the tide, and they're not doing it. And if you, like I say you look at these, some of these other teams, the guys come off the bench, um, or the lesser players, a guy like Josh Hart, you know, in the Pelicans game, or Jalen Brunson, you know, you look at guys who can just do, like, get you that 18, 19 points every now and then and knows how to do their job. And they also missing veterans, like a – you know, like – I look at a guy like a Garrett Temple or whatever. I'm just saying like him. He's a professional sure. player. He stays in the league because he's a pro, right? If like you look at – he doesn't stand out. Most average NBA fans don't even know who the guy was, but he keeps signing contracts because he can shoot the three, he can defend, and he knows what to do in his 18 minutes. This team doesn't have that. I blame Danny, too, for a situation like last year. Markeith Morris was just hanging in Detroit, waiting to, waiting for something to happen, and the Pistons were terrible. Why wouldn't you try to go trade two second-rounders to get Markeith Morris? Mm-hmm. Marquise Morris was bought out. The Lakers – then, of course, he's not going to go to Boston in a buyout situation if the Lakers are, are after him. And he signed – re-signed in L.A. for the minimum – because you want to talk like why what's what what was wrong you needed bigs last year why wouldn't you get give up some of these sacred picks don't about a first rounder for a guy like marquise morris instead you pass on him he gets bought out he goes to the lakers you could have called detroit was looking to get rid of him like to me what what's going on here he's a he's a big mean intimidating dude his brother had fun liked boston you couldn't bring him in as kind of an enforcer guy because tice ain't no enforcer al wasn't an enforcer a couple years ago like you need someone like this that's the stuff i don't understand their philosophy against why not why don't we sign this we, you don't want to take any chances you're going to lose all the time you're going to you know sometimes you're going to fail Like the lakers signed jr smith and beyond waiters they didn't it didn't work out you don't see the, like it happens you bring guys in sometimes you you can't always go undefeated. I mean, remember? I mean, a few years when they brought in Michael Finley ten years ago and Troy Murphy, Stephon like Marbury. David Lee, like they tried, right? And 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 some of those were just the guys weren't that good anymore. Okay, you move on from them. But now it's like this: they don't want to take an chance. Well, we don't want to mess with our roster. We don't want to release Javante or Carson to do this. We don't have any roster space. One, you're holding your roster. You're 2 age for Taco. How long can you do that? Okay, is Taco going to help you? Is he going to be like a Bobon was the other night where he got you? I think what Bobon got 10 and 6 or something like that. He was actually effective. Is that your goal? And you're going to Sign me out up two? for Boban. Yeah, like – Yeah, but well, play you know, him, though.
2: Is, going to, if going
0: to play him against Bobon. If he's going to score 10 and 6, put
2: the guy out there. Yeah, I don't catch. understand
0: why you wouldn't use him against Bobon if Bobon is literally reaching over Daniel Tice and taking the ball from him and just laying it in, like <laughs> why you wouldn't go with Taco, but they're holding a spot for Taco. And I sort of understood. I understood that very much so, one, because he's a box office attraction, I think it's a business deal. But, two, okay, you want to develop a 7'5 guy. And then you got Tremont Waters. Tremont was supposed to be this, like, young, up-and-coming point guard. Then here comes Peyton Pritchard. So what what do you need Tremont for? Are you developing Tremont to be a, a backup? Are you developing him to be a backup? Like, what is it that you're doing with Tremont? You're just using roster screens, Carson, Javante. And I think Javante can help them. So I'm not tripping about Javante, but then in addition to Grant Williams and Romeo Langford, like a lot of guys, like you said, Evan, to do the same thing, or they're so inexperienced. You don't know if they can help you on a particular night. That's
1: the problem. Roger. Real quick, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action, obviously. Football, that's over, as we know. NBA, college basketball, NHL, all in full swing. Baseball, right around the corner. NBA title odds right now Lakers defending champs, plus 280 to repeat as champions. The Nets. Not far behind with what that three-headed monster's doing. That's even without one of those guys right now in Durant. Plus 300. Clippers. Who knew that, uh, you know, as, as long as you believe in your talent, you can replace your coach and still be good. Plus 550 at the moment to win a title. Third best odds. The Jazz, despite not having any superstars. All due respect, Donovan Mitchell, even though Shaq provides you no respect. Plus 700. The Bucks at plus 800, led by Giannis. Sixers, now with Doc Rivers. Plus 1,400 And the Celtics. If you're a believer, if you think they're going to turn it around. Plus 2,800 to win a title. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. Whole lot of big stuff. Real time title odds uh, updated and props, all of it, almost anything that you can imagine. They are updated constantly. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, the scores, the odds. It's the best way to place your bets. It is free to sign up. So head to the website. Or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So something I was thinking about, Gary, uh, just Yesterday, I had a chat with uh, a guy I'm sure you know, also has covered the NBA for quite a while, and that's uh, Karn Phillips, who uh, was with Deadspin now. I was chatting with him the other day, and uh, we were just kind of going back and forth about the NBA in general and talked about the Celtics a little bit. And he's like, and oh, by the way there, Adam, is there a team in NBA history that feeds off of one singular championship more than the 08 Celtics, which is... No. there isn't there there, there isn't there just isn't you know it's and that's certainly the national view and a lot of it is because you know so many of these guys perk most recently are in the media obviously pierce and kg's been in the media plenty he's got the book out now which by the way looks awesome i want to read it um but it's it's true there but there i don't bring that up to to like dump on 08 i mean that's one of my great memories as a sports fan i love that team but there is obviously an element of of living in the past with this organization that is has just been the case and and to the point where it's almost kind of problematic i think and you know i i i heard i don't know if you listened to wick grossbeck you know, on on the sports hub yesterday, and and he didn't say a whole lot that was earth shattering, and you know, credit him for for doing the appearance in the midst of struggles in the first place. But one misstep that I think he did make, or at least one bad look, is saying that you know, look, we we thought that Kyrie Irving was going to be here forever, and uh, and and he decided to go somewhere else, and you know, we had to kind of pivot and respond there. And it just to to even harken back to Kyrie leaving, I mean, one. Like how does that make me feel if I'm Kemba Walker Two, how does it kind of make me feel if I'm the other superstars on your team? And it, it just feels a little bit unnecessary to even, you know, single out a situation that, that went wrong. A, a ultimately, you know, revisionist history, but ultimately a bad gamble, obviously. And a, a guy that so passionately didn't want to be here and didn't buy in and, you know, everything that we've come to learn after the fact, and now he goes somewhere else and he's finding success because now he actually cares and he's with guys that he wants to be with. It's just uh, to even bring it up in the first place and, and to live in that mind space, I think it's concerning.
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, I think that there's a level of like, yeah, living off oh eight is definitely something that, you know, uh, I mean... Look at look a at guy like Scalabrini, you know, who mm-hmm. is considered a god here over the 08 season, although he wasn't on the playoff roster, like or the finals roster, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But yet he's a god here. He's a champion. Um, he, they do get a lot of mileage off of that. Um, and that's 13 years. That's a long time. And, and it seems like yesterday. It definitely seems like maybe eight, seven, eight years ago. It doesn't seem like 13 um, but, man, if you watch NBA games in 08, remember, I mean, you, you realize who wouldn't be in the league then. No Steph, no Kawhi, no Harden, no Durant as a rookie, skinny rookie with Seattle. Like, if you go back to 08 and watch the 08 games, you're just, oh, my God, it's, that's that that guy, that guy was in the league then? Like, it, it's, it's a time warp, really. Because um, if you go back, I mean, as much – you just think of the guys that are still were in the league then, that were on their way out, and, and guys now that didn't were literally still in college. Some probably in you know high school. Um, I mean, Jason Tatum was ten years old in the <laughs> uh, 08 season. You know, he had turned ten. Uh, so that shows you that. So I do think they get a lot of mileage out of that. I do think. They've tried to turn the page. I mean, Doc's obviously since left. Uh, they were able to by his choosing, cards. by
1: the way, huh? By his choosing,
0: yes. He didn't want to rebuild. I mean, all it's definitely a um, something that they need to move on from. And I think they've tried. It just hasn't worked. I and mean, people keep bringing up 08. and you have Pierce on TV 08. Perk uh, O eight you have you know and, and then every time someone talks to Ray or something like hey, let's talk about the 08 season guys let's let's yep. talk about the good old days and so it constantly gets reminded and i don't think that's necessarily Alan Posey, man- like
1: these guys are on the radio or podcasts all the time same deal
0: yeah it's so i don't think it's like necessarily the current celtics like management's fault but there is definitely like a holding on to the good old days and and this is not the good old days anymore the, those are gone, and I'm not saying that you can't reminisce, but you've got to push back, I think, in a sense, from those days, and, and they've tried to create a new team. they tried to create a new title contender, and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals three times, and they are in a game seven, and they had a chance to beat LeBron in Cleveland and couldn't pull it off and put seven for 36 for the three-point line, or wherever they were uh, that game seven at the Garden, but to me, they're trying to turn the page, but people keep harking back to those that 08 season. Leon Poe, you know, PJ Brown, you know, it's like Sam Cassell. Like I, you, know, you get it, you get it, and it, it was it was fun. I'm sure y'all wasn't here as a year before I got here, or two years before I got here. So I was, I'm sure it looked enjoyable, you know. And it was overdue. 22 years. The Celtics had really been at the bottom of the depths of the NBA for a long time. But now it's time to do something different. The Lakers have since won a title. I mean, they were kind of living off the 9 10 title for a while, and they, but they went and got LeBron James, right, um, and, and then Anthony Davis. So they flipped the script. I mean, it's just time for the Celtics to try to do whatever. I'm concerned, if I'm a Celtic fan, by Danny's kind of, well, we can wait to the offseason to use that trade. Like, wow, okay, you're, what are you telling your current players? What are you telling Jalen and Jason? Because I swear, I guarantee you, they're looking over their shoulder waiting for some more help. They don't want to do it all. They don't want to be selfish guys. I don't think they're selfish guys. But like you, like we've talked about, like you don't trust your teammates if your teammates aren't, const- are, aren't coming through for you. Like, who are you supposed to pass the ball to? Like, I'd like to know. Like, Gorman, I, I get what he was saying, but it's like, Mike, who – who do you think Jason should should get involved that hasn't gotten involved? Shimmy, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, yep. and I'm not like I like Shimmy, but Shimmy's a guy. He's a second round pick. He's a guy who I think you've maximized. Yeah, you, know, you can, you know, he can he can get better, but I think you've gotten a lot out of Shimmy, a, a second round pick. Usually, second round picks don't even last. Um, but and to depend on him. At this point, to be anything more than he is is, is, is asking a lot. A three and D guy who can occasionally get hot from the three, but hasn't been as reliable as you'd like him to be from that corner spot, because that's where you want him to shoot. When he starts pulling up, when he starts shooting from the elbows, no, 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 Shouldn't he get to the corner. The same with Grant Williams. Grant is, I think, maximizing. He was an undersized five at Tennessee. You know, he scored because he was big and bulky, but that doesn't work in the league when you're six six trying to uh, score over taller guys. So he's become kind of a lumbering, foul-prone guy who can, like. But is he, is that his max? Like, what do you, What's the ceiling for Grant Williams? And that's the thing we don't know. But I don't think it's all that much higher than it is now. Romeo Langford, as I said before, we don't know what he'll do. And it could take two to three years before he is a uh, really a compliment, complimentary player to Jason and Jalen. We, it could be a year or two because he's missed almost two years. I mean, it's just a lot. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, to me, just stuff that Danny has to address Look in the mirror. Look at his staff, and you know, bring in someone if it's a former player, a good talent evaluator, someone who says, "Nah, Danny, I don't like this guy. I do like this guy, even though he's not in your. He's a Celtic, you know." Uh, and, and I'm tired of the well. We we would have taken Tyler Hero. We were this close to take, but he was taking Like then, do it. Then trade up, yeah, or do something like you know, what I'm saying like the Tyler hero thing kind of annoys me the whole, like we were, damn, what, we were almost there with Tyler hero. You know, we really liked him. Okay. If you like him enough, then move up. If you think that he's going to make that much of a difference, like take some chances here. And we never envisioned Danny taking all the picks that they used, like all these picks that they got, they, they, they used them, almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Remember these are, these are uh, incentives for big deals that you can throw in, you know, you can send these two first rounders to new Orleans for Anthony Davis, or you can like, that ain't worked. That ain't happened. You haven't, I mean, other teams have done it, you know, the Lakers traded what three rotation players, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart to new Orleans. And I think, uh, you know, to, to new Orleans, or, and then some draft picks like it's happened with other teams, mm. but the Celtics, no. And is that ever going to happen? Like, or, do you, or, or is a guy who's on the last year's deal going to re up in Boston without being here for a year and experiencing what Boston's like? This is not LA. AD, I'm sure, was like, yeah, I, I'll take my chances on, on LA. Boston, not so much. So, it was, it's a it's a time for reassessment for management for the coaching staff. Like, what is Evan Turner doing? Is he having any type of impact on this coaching staff? Like, we don't know. We don't mm-hmm. know. We don't get to see. We don't get to go to practice, unfortunately, because of the pandemic. But it's a lot of lot of issues with this team.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of the weirdest seasons, and it's been a uh, you know obviously a roller coaster ride for Boston. And you know, there's a, there's certain you know slices of the blame pie to go around. I'm with you, Danny. I think deserves most of it. I think there are, are times where you can, you can definitely blame Brad for some stuff. Um, you know, but he's not out there shooting the basketball. He can only do so much. You know, uh, I always come back to this is more of a roster issue than anything else. And as you look around and it, and my, my issue is, you know, because of those, those playing spots, you have more people now that are incentivized to try and make the playoffs. Like you're the Sacramento Kings. Who have Harrison Barnes and I think Harrison Barnes is everybody's favorite person to, to fantasize trading for now that would be a real help for this team because you can put the ball on the floor and, and get to the basket and do more things to just stand in the corner you know so you look at the way this team could maybe improve there are ways but then there are you know are, is Sacramento going to try and make the playoffs you know is Chicago? You know, with with you know maybe a Thad Young, but they're they're hanging around. and Zach Dean's an all star. We want to show Zach. Chicago's the- got a
0: better record than the Celtics, right? So, so what? Who's who who here to be a seller. That's my the thing, right? My question: Chicago is, and New York and Charlotte are all above. Right. Like this has really been terrible. If you really think about it, like the Bulls were like eh, the Bulls, like the Celtics went to Chicago with just kind of one pulling away. Now the Bulls have won five straight. The Bulls are playing good ball, like. You're right, Evan. Like, I'm looking at Sacramento is three back from the tenth spot. Okay. It's going to be a war for that tenth spot. Oklahoma City, you think, oh, they're sellers, right? They're two and a half back from that tenth spot.
2: SG had a 42 last night.
0: Yes. 42. Houston, Houston is three and a half back. The only team that you're like, they ain't got a shot is Minnesota, because they're Minnesota's nine back from they're not cut, they're not getting to the tenth spot. Okay, you look at the 10th spot now in the East, the Detroit's only six back and they're terrible. Washington is two and a half back. Like, the, the, Orlando's two back. So all these like, let's get Terrence Ross and Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon. Like, Orlando management might be telling coaches like, no, go all out for this spot. We want to that playoff money. We're losing yep. money with no fans. We want to be in that play-in. We want, the play- we want a good share of the playoff money. or We want to be involved in that. You don't know what's going on. So your sellers are going to develop late into the game, and it's another month before the trade deadline, a month from today, um, that you, you just don't know. Like you said, Evan, those two playoff spots, extra playoff spots, in effect, it, because no one's really out of it, I mean, Detroit is six back. I'm not saying Detroit's going to come back and do it, but if Detroit put together like a six game winning streak, they'd be right in it. Mm. Remember, everybody was laughing at Washington, like Washington was, you know, five and seventeen or whatever. Now then, Washington went out west and got hot. I mean, now Washington's like, hey, we're we're in some good health, uh, a consistent Westbrook, and you know, from from really getting. You don't think Washington wants to make the playoffs? Like they don't want to be. They're tired of being sellers. They've been they've been kind of you know in humiliation mode since you know they, they they took the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Semis a few years ago. So I mean, it's not going to be easy to get out of this. I, I just don't. I don't know where 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 is the trade coming? Everybody's asking for a trade.
2: I just don't know like and and you make Detroit in 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 Minnesota right? Those are two teams that are definitely out of it. Who the hell do you want from Minnesota or Detroit? I mean,
0: Malik Beasley can score. He's just signed there. Right. Oh, wait, I mean, someone threw out Jeremy Grant. Oh, yeah, like Detroit's just going to move him after signing him three months ago. Like, to me, he's part of your future. Like, Detroit's trying to build. Unless you give really Detroit's – it ain't going to be first-round picks. Like, Detroit's going to want a difference-making player because they've done enough trades, they've done enough of the – rebuild and all that they want to take steps forward
1: um and how many of those at this point does boston have to offer yeah I mean, and how many, untouchable yeah. so beyond that
0: like you know who's who's going to really be lured by a, a boston first round pick that at worst is going to be mid in, in the middle of the first round you're not you don't have a sacramento pick to dangle or a, you know back in the day you don't have like a a top five pick where you can hey you can get kate cunningham or you can get the kid Jalen Johnson, or the kid from Duke who just opted out. Like there is not that lore. It's the Celtics just have their own picks. Yeah,
2: which might be a lore enough because they're that bad.
0: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you want to make for a first rounder, or you know, to me, it's it's not going to be easy to get out of this. But that's what Ainge is paid for. Ainge is paid for to make deals to to make this improve this roster, and he is sat on his hands. He sat on his hands this offseason. They signed Jeff Teague and they signed Christian Thompson. I'm not, you know, Teague was decent last night. I don't, you know, was Teague the problem? To me, if I, if I might as well, if I was, a, I might as well sign Isaiah Thomas. Like, and if he, if he fell, on, fell on his face, then fine. You tried. What? These Felix fans would enjoy that. See, fans yes. would
2: rather watch Isaiah Thomas trip all over his face and watch Jeff Teague play a single minute of a game. Yeah, Jeff just Teague the reaction
0: airball, when it was announced Teague was starting last Figueroa night. Airball because he's afraid of the defense. He's afraid to get blocked, so he quick arms it and airballs it because he's so afraid of getting blocked at the rim. And I said, I like – I think Jeff had a – I mean, he was good in Atlanta and – the first half of last year, if you look at his numbers in Minnesota before he got traded back to Atlanta, he was good. 14 points a game, and he was a solid player. So I can understand looking at those numbers and saying, okay, he can bring that to us. So from the Celtics, but it hasn't worked. But are you going to just hold on to him? Like, what are you going to do here? Like, Danny, I thought sat on his hands. And we can all talk about the Gordon Hayward Indiana thing that he's, you know, did he sit on his hands? I mean, Indies. DM Kevin Pritchard admitted they were talking and said they were close, but you know, it didn't work out. So you know, the sitting on your hands thing ain't getting it done. Because this is the roster that you have. This is the this is the roster you're rolling out on a nightly basis, and it ain't scaring nobody. Ain't nobody looking at Boston going, ooh Lord, besides Tatum and Brown. And you know, they're not they're not, you know, losing sleep at night, preparing for Shimmy and Carson Edwards and Jeff T and guys is, they're not it's it's, it's, it's it's they're not they're embarrassing last night was embarrassing i mean they obviously know
1: you know mo- but, most of the blame falls on danny who owns it you know next level is going to go to the players because they're the ones on the floor you know attempting to execute obviously the game plans hopefully not tuning out brad stevens but obviously you brought that up and that's you know if in fact they are that to me is a real concern because I don't think it's easy to just tune a guy back in. I think that's sort of the, you know, beginning of the end where things are, are really problematic when, when that reaches, you know, especially your, your star levels of guys tuning out the head coach and Brad, let's remember just a few months ago was extended. This guy's got like totally. six, more so years or something like whatever is it is. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Not going saying, anywhere. Like,
0: but to me, the tune out part is the effort. It's yeah. not losing. It's Washington, the Washington game. That was like, they went through the motions. They let Beal get comfortable. They like, I mean, it's like all of what you don't do with the Wizards. Let Mm. Beal get comfortable. Last night, I mean, come on, guys. Atlanta, Atlanta, Trey Young did not score until the 6-12 mark of the first quarter. He finished the first quarter with 17 points. (laughs) He scored 17 points and a half a quarter. That's for your math majors, 34 points if he had played, if he had decided to be really engaged because he was the, I'm going to distribute whatever. So John Collins got baskets. Tony Snell did a couple of threes. Like he, he got his teammates involved. Then halfway through the quarter, he turned the light on. Like that's effort. Letting Danilo get 10 threes, that's effort. That's too, like you think, Brad is like, no, just leave leave Danilo alone. He'll shoot it. He'll shoot his way out of it. He'll he he'll miss. Like, do you think that? Do you think Brad saying that? Somebody, there's a disconnect there. And I'm not saying that you know they're just blah, blah, you know. But it is sort of like Charlie Brown at this point. Like last night was a like if you don't come back mad after the New Orleans game, which they really didn't. They didn't punch Dallas in the mouth. They played well enough to hang throughout the game. Dallas made more plays at the end. Uh, I mean, you could call that a good effort. Hey, you know, great. You know, you. I mean, if you want but to call
2: you it, let Dallas it, shoot fifty percent in the first half. What kind of defensive effort were you giving up? Yeah, you just you let. And then the forty Dallas, points in the first quarter, of Atlanta. The effort. Yeah. It's and it, it's 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 exactly. It's, it's annoying because you never. And we talk about living off your, you know, living off an Elway title team. You never had to question, you know, the 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 effort level of that team because they had Kevin the Garnett, who could
0: seventy two in the first half. Had, Atlanta had sixty one points with five minutes left in the second quarter, so they kind of lightened up on them. Yeah, the, well, they the question
2: was would they get eighty? Seventy yeah, two was happening.
0: Totally, they if they really turned the screws, they could have scored eighty in the first half. Like that's pride. That's like. That's your heart being taken from you. You know, Trey throwing the ball off Grant's butt and scoring a layup. That's not Grant's fault. He had his back turned, but that's insulting. Like, that's – the next time, Trey, you come to the rim, I'm going to knock your ass out. Like, that's – we can call – we should call Smack or Rick Mahorn and see what happens if he would have pulled that in 1988 or or 1993. Mm-hmm. Anthony Mason or somebody you're like that's to me that's what I'm talking about where's the toughness where's the like no 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 Trey you're not you You do that cute shit we're gonna okay come to the come into the lane i oh, let him to the lane it's too, I, nice, you know, too
1: polite for that
0: uh, yeah it's like the, too, too much night hey it's okay Trey True. you know just keep playing hard like I mean it's just that's that's in, teams are insulting you Danilo's pulling up from thirty-six feet. Would he do that if he if he respected the opponent? And there was That's one right. play. There was one play in the third quarter where the Celtics were trying because Atlanta then turned to Atlanta in the second half. They started missing shots They started making turnovers, and it's like they're leaving it open for a run. So the Celtics had had cut it to like eighteen with the and so they need some stops. So Rondo does the, um lets the ball roll all the way down the half court, and he's doing that, and I think it was like T or someone kind of pressured him. Then here comes a second defender at Rondo, 35 feet from the basket. Rondo passes it to Trey, who's open, and Trey hits a 35-footer. Like, why do you leave, do you not read the scouting report? Like, why are you doubling Rondo? Why are you trapping Rondo to leave, and leaving Trey open? The leagues 21 is like I was like, they're done. Like if they had gotten a couple of stops, they could have made it 13. And then we're talking about the Hawks here. The Hawks might botch it. But you literally let Rondo, Rondo looks at the trap, just throws it to Trey Young, and Trey Young, where he's standing, shoots it. Bam. 21 point lead. You're pretty much done. So dumb basketball. Dowling in the bonus too damn much. Letting teams embarrass you with no repercussions. Let, as I'm saying, let in the 90s or even the 2000s, let let somebody do that with Garnett on the floor Mm -hmm. and do that hit, throw it off Grant's buttons, lay it in. Let, 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 I would love to have seen a timeout after that play with Garnett in the huddle saying, okay, like, like we're gonna, we're gonna take this dude out. I'm not talking about hurt him, but. No, no, that's not happening ever, ever again. The Celtics. Oh, well, you know that's a great play by Trey. No, a, Trey's trying to embarrass you. <laughs> He's trying to take your heart out. He's trying to make Sports Center. I'm hope. I hope Grant didn't turn the TV on last night. After that, it's just it's like that's kind of stuff. That's Globetrotter stuff. Like I wrote. Like you probably. I mean, I'm probably predating you guys. You probably put Geese Osby in the middle of the court and just have him, and just have him talking, and then dump water, confetti, water on the refs. You wanted to play Sweet Georgia Brown last night. I know I mean, Nilo Gallinari, all 32 years, it's pulling up from 33, 34 feet. You would ask
1: Brad about, you know, how he just the message to the locker room, and and he more or less said, I'm paraphrasing here, that you know don't confuse the way I'm talking to you guys is the way that I talk to the players. You know, it's, it's different. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We're not in there obviously, but you know, he's, he's an even keeled guy. We, you know, we don't, we don't see him or hear him yell. He is. You got the players talking about you know, we need to be accountable. It's one thing to say that it's another thing to actually be held accountable. And I I guess the, and I'm not, I'm certainly not calling for Brad's job one, but you know, for all the like fire, Brad people, Brad's not going anywhere. We talked about
0: that, nor
1: do I even want him to go anywhere. I think he's a great coach. I really do. But I am starting to at least wonder a little bit about, and this is not age. It's not experience, you know, time in the NBA, all that stuff. It's it's talent level. I am I'm, I'm wondering about Brad's ability to reach guys of a certain talent level. You know, it's, it's that college coach versus NBA coach yeah. sort of leap, obviously that, that I, I think we've, we've. Well, that's
0: seen. why Adam, I think you, I mean, I think his staff is interesting. Like I like Jerome Allen. I think he's done a good job. You know, he's kind of the guy who's reached out and, and kind of bonded with players and Evan Turner. Like I think you needed like a veteran, former NBA player on that bench, like a guy who they recognize. You need like a like perk a, on the bench. Yes, like the Clippers hired um, Chauncey Billups. Yeah, the Heat hired Karan Butler. Like that, there's a reason why. Not because they're great guys and they bring personality and they but the players know who these guys are, right? Do they know? They know Evan Turner. But Evans, like his seriousness level, he's always been kind of a funny guy. Like, how, how serious do they take Evan Turner? Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying they don't. Yeah. Like, I always thought Brad padded his staff with too many, like, Danny, yes, guys, or nice guys, or good, solid coaches. But where is that form? Like, Doc had Clifford Ray to deal with those guys back in the day, mm-hmm. and he had, you know, like Armon Hill. And then he added Ty Lu later on. Um, I thought, I think they need like a former player who these guys recognize, who can pull him aside. And I think Jerome does as best as he can to do that. But Jerome's more like a college coach. He played overseas. He played had some stints with Minnesota. You know, Jerome did make the league. So it's nothing against Jerome. But I thought like even a, like a former Celtic, and I'm. Not, I don't know. Like I know Antoine was about He wanted to coach. Or I'm not talking about bringing back Antoine, but someone who wants to be a coach because these guys want to get into the game. Like Chauncey took the Clippers job. Like he he wants to be involved. There's guys around that want that will leave their TV jobs or leave their analyst jobs for a team to coach because they want the like they want to be part of that life again. They want to instruct. But if you're hiring, if you're surrounding yourself with, um, you know, like uh, great guys, Jamie Young, Larry Nega, Brandon Bates, guys who are just like, you know, who are these, like, you think Jason Tatum respects, fully respects the words of guys like a Brandon Bailey, not, not, not ripping Brandon, but just like over a guy who played 12, 13 years in the league, you know, I mean, that, that's the thing, like, You've got to understand that's the new NBA here. You know, you could fill your staff in the in the old days with some of these, you know, just guys who've been the forever assistant, the Tex Winners, and the uh, Brendan Malones, and those guys. But now these young guys respond to guys who they recognize and know. They need big brothers. They need some thirty eight year old guy who played in the league, Thirty two can tell Jason, Jason, you messing up, or Jalen, like. You know, let's hang out like a kind of an uncle, older or a big brother type. That's what the – and Jerome, I think, has done a good job. And I don't know what Evan's doing because we do not get a chance to go to practice and you don't see how Evan's doing working out there. But I always thought that they should have – Brad is that's Brad's flaw also just like, hey, the Butler guys are great, you know, but, man, you need – and there's plenty of guys around the league that would definitely work in Boston. Sam Mitchell would work in Boston. Like there's plenty of guys, former NBA coaches that could could hold these guys account. I agree.
1: Last one for me, Gary, and, uh, and I'll, I'll let you go on this and if Evan has anything else. So just on, on Kemba Walker, something I was, you know, again, just as you watch this team and in a lot of cases hate watch this team as I talked about with the the beginning of the show, it's how much of of the lack of rhythm for Kemba Walker is impacting this team you know he's out he's in he's in with the minutes restriction he's you know he's he's not going to be in there's there's no clear rotation when he's not in there isn't the the de facto starting point guard when he's not in yeah. obviously a lot of that is the the Marcus Smart injury as well but it's just the reality that they're living in with Smart out these last few weeks last 14 games and it's it, it just sort of feels like you know whereas a guy like that should be such a great complimentary piece and, and, you know, mentally he's, he's of the right mind. He's deferential. He's, you know, he's, he's obviously making more money than you would want for a third star, but you know, guy was an all-star last year before this neat thing became the, you know, I don't know. It was already a chronic knee problem, but before it's it's really obviously become that much bigger an issue over the last year plus at this point. To the point where you know Sean Devaney was on the show with us at one point a few weeks back, who said like this guy's untradeable. You won't find a team that wants to take on Kemba Walker, and and who could blame Danny for even trying to get rid of him in the first place and not wanting to have another you know, albeit salary different Isaiah Thomas situation on his hands. I just I don't know. I is not that it's Kemba's fault, but is his mere presence and all of the confusion that comes along with it further screwing things up.
0: Yeah, I, I do think it's, it's been, I don't want to say dysfunctional, but just choppy. Right. You know, like they really could have used him last night, but they wanted to, they made the decision to play him against Dallas. Now they're saying, well, we're only going to play him in the first game of back to backs. So that's at least eight games. He's going to miss in the second half. Cause he got eight back to backs. Um, you know, you know, will he ever play both games of were back to back? Okay, you're saving him for the playoffs, and then when he gets it going, like he had 14 points in the fourth quarter against Dallas, you'd like to see him see if he can continue that. Now we're waiting. Now who knows? We might see a super energetic Kimba Friday because they got two days off. Uh, he might be just ready to roll. Okay. And so, and then we'll see Kimba for the next four games. They don't have any back-to-backs in the first half, so this is a big stretch for Kimba. Uh, four games in a row. The Celtics need to win two, three of these games to get their save a little bit of face and get some respect back. We'll see what he brings, but I think some of the, I think some of these superstars or stars, all stars, um, that you deal with and you get to know are very confident, they never lose it. And there's others like Kimba who will show that he's lost confidence. And I think Kimba's lost confidence. I think he's frustrated. I think he feels like I should be able to hit any open shot I take and he's not hitting them. I mean, there were so many times in New Orleans where Mm -hmm. he could have turned the tide of that game and stopped a run or brought the Celtics back or or gave them a seven-point lead when the lead was four and New Orleans was charging he missed an open, missed an open three, and then he takes that three pointer when they're down three after Brandon Ingram hit the go ahead three, just quick three miss. Like, you know, he was he was what two for seventeen from three until that fourth quarter in Dallas. So, what are we dealing with? Are we dealing with that Kimba? Are we dealing with the fourth quarter Kimba in Dallas? And will he ever, when when he's just up and down? I don't think that helps his team. I don't think it helps the team when don't know whether to depend on him for scoring and for that type of like spark plug and maybe it's going to take another month i don't want to put a tab and well, he's done he's washed as the young people say um (laughs) i don't want to say that yet because it could take another month for his knee and his endurance to get back to where he's like hey he's back to pre because if you look at though his first two months in boston were pretty impressive before mm-hmm. like that like up to mid-January from November to mid-January I mean he was put he had a 39 point game I mean Kemba was all-star Kemba. so it's hard for me to believe like he's just lost all that I think it's confidence though and I think that he's got to try to get it back whether it be just hitting the gym talking to a sports psychologist whatever like you know whatever it takes for him to get that swagger back that he could be that third wheel, and then the team is different. Then you bring Marcus back, and then the team is different. But without a engaged in productive Kemba, I don't know if this team is pat- going to make it past first round.
1: They have parting thoughts? No, I
2: mean, look, the Kemba stuff is just disheartening. But you know, we've vented a lot. I think, and I think that's a you know a good thing. It's just a matter of trying to get this team more focused and in the pecking order of things that I, I blame uh, the Celtic struggles for, I don't, I don't put Jalen or Jason high in that list. And I just think that uh, as this team moves forward, they got to find a way to, to gather themselves. But I mean, again, I, I do think it's a talent thing and I don't think they're talented enough to, I mean, never mind compete with Brooklyn and, and Philadelphia, you know, Milwaukee is struggling, uh, Indiana struggling, but you look at the talent, it, it just makes a little more sense than what Boston's got in the roster right now. So um just hope that Kemba gets his, his his act together a little bit, and then if that happens, uh, you know this team can can reach another another goal here. Because I I go back to that that Toronto game uh, a couple of weeks ago where they, had, they played Toronto TD Garden. They played this five out style where they had Kemba as an off ball shooter, and he was hitting shots that day. And I'm like, this is great. This is exactly what you're looking for, right? You have a a third guy on the floor with Jason and Jalen that could make your lives a little bit easier. The Celtics right now don't have a guy that makes their life easier. Except for the other guy. And until they get that guy, they're not going anywhere.
1: Well, this uh, Celtics therapy session, AKA Celtics beat, powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus when you sign up. Uh, Gary, I'm hoping the next time you come on the show, we'll have uh, more positive things to talk about, but it's good to get all this off our chest, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you just never know at this point. Um, What a season so far. Boy, who would
1: have thought? Yeah, it's been interesting. Good news is, though, fans will be back in the stands soon enough, so uh, people can go watch this in person. Thanks to Gary. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Yeah, Yeah, thanks (laughs) to Evan. I'm Adam, and uh, join us again. The next Celtics beat drops this time next week. We'll talk to you then.